position. So if you're new here today, just letting you know, your kids will come back and um, they, they will flood back in a little bit later. So, yeah, maybe you would have liked us to keep them, but we will give them back. to my attention this week, this is just a little side thing, you know, um, in, our, in our church here, you know, there's so much happening around um, Australia at the moment, isn't there? You think about the weather. Um, so Cherie was chatting to me actually. Cherie hosted breakfast this morning uh, with Renice and Leisha. Let's give them a round of applause. If you were here for breakfast, thank you breakfast team. Our breakfast teams are just starting up for the year and we have some new people on board and I just want to say thank you. It's an amazing thing that you do. Um, uh, Jared was my son who talked here a little bit earlier and he loves breakfast, let me tell you. Um, and I know many other people love that space. So, yeah, really thank you. But Cherie was on, the, we were having a phone call and she was just sharing how friends of hers, they live out west, New South Wales, and um, the drought, although it was a big thing, you know, sort of going back late last year and was on our, the forefronts of our minds and all over Woolies and everywhere, we just move on, don't we? But for them, they're still struggling, in fact, quite badly. And, um, and um, Sharifa, can we, can we pray for, for people like my friend who are still struggling? And just got me thinking too, you know, um, there's floods like in Townsville um, and... You go across to America and they're freezing um, over there. But aside from that too, and I brought it home to myself just thinking about some of the stuff happening in my life and it probably reflects some of yours. I have a really um, close friend. Um, four of us have had girlfriend weekends for I don't know how long, 10 years maybe. And one of um, our friends uh, got cancer about six years ago and it looks like it's come back right through her body. And um, she's got young, younger children, similar age to ours. Um, uh, Mark's nephew's uh, stepmom recently suicided a few weeks ago. Um, and and you, you, I think about my prayer lists and things that we pray for. And sometimes I say to God, I don't want to pray for all those things. It's a bit, it just weighs so heavy, doesn't it? It sits so heavy, all the things that seem to be happening around us which I think is even more reason why we need to pray. And um, so um, this morning I just want to pause before we start. And I just want to pray over the stuff, if that's okay. Father God, Lord, we acknowledge your power and your sovereignty. We acknowledge, Lord, um, your compassion and your grace. And God, I don't know what it would be like to be God when you see what's happening in our world today. Um, I'm just so grateful, God, that you are present and that you are with us traveling this journey. And we just want to pass to you again the people around Australia, the farmers who are struggling, God, struggling because of drought, some now struggling probably because of flood, and others, Lord, in other parts of the world. God, we also bring home the things that weigh into our lives right now, the people that we love, the people that we know that are hurting and going through tough times, the people in our homes, God. And Lord, sometimes it weighs heavy, but today we just want to give it to you 
and, and say thank you for hearing our prayers. And we, um, we just ask that you over, just wash over us a sense of peace and that you flood into these spaces of need, God. In Jesus' name, amen. So again, I want to remind you this morning that if you're here, which you are, <laughs> you're here for a reason, not a happen chance. And that God's brought you here today, whether you came kicking or screaming, or you walked in the door with a skip in your step. God wants you here. And as I said, when you, when you take this time out to be in this space on a Saturday morning, it's a privileged space because we're pushing aside all the other stuff and just lean into what God wants to speak into your life because God will speak. So just let your open heart and mind listen and I know he'll bless you in some way. So thank you for being here. I'm excited to see what God will do in and through us today. You know, there are two things that have had a profound impact on me when it comes to the ocean. You see, when I was about 12, uh, as many of you know, I grew up in the country in Monto, up, up just a bit north here in Queensland. And the sea was a long way away from where we lived, especially back in the old days. We didn't travel that far too far. So um, also I was on a dairy farm for a lot of my life, so you've got to milk cows morning and night. We didn't travel or go far, even though Bundaberg wasn't really in today's turn that far away back then it was. So we didn't go to the beach very often. And when um, if I, I'd scratched in my head to think, before this experience, how often I probably would have been. And I, I could only really think that maybe once or twice I had been to the beach. So when I was 12, I got the privilege of going to summer camp. Now, summer camp is a fantastic place for your young people to go if you don't know about summer camp. And um, I went to summer camp, and the summer camp that I used to go to was up near Yandina. And um, there was always a beach day. And this particular year, I reckon I was about 12, and um, it possibly was one of the first camps I went to. And we went out to the sunny coast. Have no idea but, uh, uh, which beach it was, but hey, the beach was amazing. And oops, this is working again. The beach was amazing, so I thought, I'm just going in there. Well, I went in there, and the waves were much more powerful than I had expected. And so I found myself in a little bit of an experience. Now, that's not me, but <laughs> it felt like that. So before I knew it, I felt like the sole sock in a front dryer. You know what I mean? Like just being pummeled and rolled. And here I was just going over and over and over. Arms and legs were going everywhere. The sand was, you know, sort of into my nose, into my face. And every now and again, I would think I could come up, but I couldn't. And finally, at that last breath, like a geezer in Rotorua, I came spurting out of the water to catch my breath and then only to be pummeled again and rolled and rolled and rolled and thinking, am I ever going to get up? And again, up I spout, catch my breath, and a third time this wave comes in and takes me. 
it had a profound impact on, to, on me that day, that real beating that I had had in the ocean. The second thing that actually has a profound impact was this. So this movie actually came out in 75. It's a very long time ago. And I was probably about four then. But I didn't watch it until I was in my teens. And it was around a similar time that I watched this movie. And if you've never, has anyone never seen this movie? There's a few. Wow. So you don't know the sound. Anyway, I actually listened to that soundtrack yesterday. It doesn't sound that great, but anyway. So if you don't know the movie, just look at the picture. You'll get a picture of what it's all about. I, from then on, after these two experiences, I decided the best thing was when it came to the beach was to stay very safe and close to the shore, that the shore was the safest place to be. You see, these two first experiences, the first one taught me a deep respect of the ocean, that it's extremely powerful, and the second gave me a fear of the ocean. And so in my mind, there are dangerous things in there, and I want to stay away from them. So the ocean and I have this deep, this, well, I would say distance between us, and um it's not something that I, like, you know, to throw me into scuba diving. I know some of you guys scuba dive, and I think that would be like my facing my biggest fear, to be that. That would be huge. But after, over the recent years, um, you know, some of our friends have been going on a cruise. And they're like, so good, Sharon, you should go on a cruise. And I'm thinking cruise equals ocean, no land, sea, like, mm, eh, not for me. But then they say, but Sharon, like as a mum, you don't have to cook, you don't have to clean up, you don't have to grocery shop, you don't have to make the beds, you don't have to, you know. And I'm like, hmm, now that's, that. so this tension had been building in my head like ocean versus mother's dream holiday. So last year we decided um, to, to take the plunge, like come on, you've just got to have a go. So um, we did, and um, we headed out to the port, and um, we uh, got there. It was actually in October, and this massive storm came through, so we were delayed in the port for probably two or three hours while this massive storm went through, and then we just sailed out into the sunset. And... um, for one and a half days, off we were going. I, I was regularly taking my, I can't remember what they're called, tablets, so I wouldn't get sick. Um, but it was perfect. It was amazing. And one and a half days later, we just sailed into the port of Yumea. On our fridge at home, I have this... This is an actual picture of it on the fridge. I, I actually had to pull it apart. It came from a magazine. I pulled it apart. It said 2002. I've had it on the fridge for probably as long as that. It's one of my favorite sayings. I wish I lived by it more. And I'm sure many of you have heard it. 
20 years from now, you'll be more disappointed by the things you didn't do than the ones you did do. So throw off the bowline, sail away from the safe harbour, catch the trade winds in your sail, explore, dream, discover. Sail away from the safe harbour. You see, when it comes to my boat experience, I had to leave the safe harbour. I call that a dream. And that boat had to plan and navigate. I call that direction. And when you put those two things together, you get vision. Dream plus direction equals vision. I found this quote and I think it really sums it up. Vision without action is merely a dream. There's the dream. Action without vision just passes the time. That's the need for direction with the action, of course. Vision with action can change the world. So a month ago, I took the first message of the year and I said, Happy New Year. How's your New Year's resolutions? And... um, (coughs) You know, maybe you felt like this. But if you haven't done them or you haven't thought about doing them, then let me give you this. So it's all right. You got a second chance. Today is only the 2nd of February. But hoo-ha about New Year's resolutions. Like, seriously. I know we roll our eyes at it. But in reality, it's an important thing. You see, if I think about the cruise, and you might remember this boat. If I got on that cruise that day and the captain said, hey, let's not worry about a plan. Let's not worry about navigation. Let's just see where this takes us. I don't think in a day and a half's time we would have sailed safely into the port of New York. In fact, I'm not sure if we would have made our way home. So we could have the dream, but that's important. We need that and we need the direction as well. We need to be able to have a plan. There's a wise man in the in scripture, in the Bible. He wrote this saying, and I'm sure many of you have heard it before. Without a vision, the people perish. That sounds pretty harsh, doesn't it? That sounds pretty tough. But when you really think about it, it's got a lot of truth in it. You see, without some kind of vision, we don't really grow. We don't really have fulfillment deep fulfillment and I really believe we don't live up to our God-given potential either and and perhaps even we don't make the difference we could make or leave a legacy you see if we just jump on a boat and just hope it gets us somewhere it's not likely so today is a challenge to you and to I to think about 
2019. It's not too late. February February's about to start. January's a trial month. Make a plan. My challenge is to you, set some goals. Now, I, I have to admit, when I said that at the start of the year, I hadn't. And someone planted something on Facebook of their goals and I thought, you know what? I do need to make goals or I'm just going to fluffle along. So in my journal, I should have put a picture. I'm a bit of a scribbly person. I decided I sat down one morning and I made some goals. And we don't achieve all these goals, do we? But we achieve some. And I know even without goals, we still achieve some things. But at least when you set goals, you're achieving things in the area that you want to achieve them. That you're heading in a direction towards Numea, at least, than just anywhere in the Pacific Ocean. I was going to give you a piece of paper and do all that kind of thing, but I didn't. You did that. Praise God. (laughs) But hey, I challenge you this week, go home, get a piece of paper, computer, iPad, whatever device, whatever you like, and sit down and think about some of these areas in your life and put one or two goals in each space. Say, hey, this year with God, this is what I really want to try to do. This is how I really want to grow my faith. This is how I really want to come closer to God. I want to join a small group. Or I want to um, pray in the morning. Or at night. I want to be more regular in the church community and get involved. I don't know. But look at the different facets of your life and set a few goals. And don't be overwhelmed when you can't reach them all. But that will help set your path than just floundering like a boat without direction. So my challenge this morning is a personal challenge when it comes to our values and our our goals. And as you think about that, as you think about your goals, what you set will be always based on your values, will be always based on what is important to you. And that will shine through because what is important will set your path, what you value. I found this quote. I think it says it well. A vision is not just a picture of what could be. It is an appeal to our better selves, a call to become something more. I want to be more this year. I don't want to be the same Sharon this time next year. I want to to be more and I want to be it in a way that Um, God is directing me, not just a happen chance way. You know, when I think about Jesus, he lived in a time where boats were integral. They were part of society in his neck of the woods. Especially, um, you think about the people that he chose, and he chose 12 people to follow him and at least four of them we know were fishermen and there possibly were more even though it may not have been their full trade many of them would have learnt the hand of fishing because it was such an agricultural type of society. Jesus knew well about boats and as you skim through 
into the Bible, which is an account of, of this guy's life. As you, as, you, as you go into this space, you can see that he spent some time on drugs. And, I, and you kind of think to yourself, well, I'll ask you the question, did Jesus have a vision? Do you think he had some goals? And I'm sure many of you will go, of course he did. And he's Jesus. So, yeah, right, Sharon, he's, he's God. Jesus was God on earth. So, But you know what? This is what we are. We are, we are people who want to follow Jesus because we believe that his example and his life was awesome, the way he treated people, the way he lived life. And so if I want to emulate his life, then if I look at his life um, and follow what he is about and what he's doing, um, then I believe that we, we say this line here at, at Refresh, that um, I'll be better at life and um, God will help me be a better person as well. So I just want to dig in just for a short minute on Jesus and boats. Um, this is just one story and this is really a glimpse. Uh, you know, I, I'd encourage you this week, why not? Why not have a look in your Bible, Matthew, Mark, Luke and John, they're the first books of the what we call the New Testament, the second half of the Bible. Have a dig through those and just see where stories of, of boats and Jesus collide. And see what you draw out of it. Jesus said to his disciples, there's often a situation where they're hanging out together, they're speaking, and then there's this moment, this interchange. Let us go over to the other side of the lake. So they got into a boat and set out. Let us go, and they set out. We could have stayed in the harbour, on that Pacific jewel, and I probably could have had all the leisures of, of what a mum was dreaming for for a week sitting there in the harbour, but it would never have been as cool as going out to the South Pacific. At some point, you've got to set sail and go. And I look at Jesus here, and the boat that he often got into, um, there were different places he went. Sometimes he actually went just offshore set out just offshore. Other times, there was a sojourn to the middle en route to the other side. And yet when I dig through these stories, and there's, there's a few of them, I find this, and this, this is my little sum up of these stories. When I think about Jesus, who is God on earth, when I think about what drove his vision, and I take that one step back, I think what drove everything was a desire for loving relationships with us, his creation, with you. God wants a relationship with you. Jesus wanted a relationship with people. And so that drove everything when it came to vision. The vision was to build and restore relationship. That started in what we believe is creation. When God created the world, the sixth day, he created the pinnacle of creation, which is you and I, humanity. 
Why? The relationship, loving relationship. And as Christians, we know that got distorted. And so Jesus came, why? To restore relationship, loving relationship. And we know and believe as Christians that this, is, this life is not just this life, there's more. And Jesus has come, why? To restore relationship. So when Jesus was here, he, his vision was based on his values. And as he ventured out, he taught, he encouraged, he challenged, he healed, and he loved. And I see these stories wrapped around these boats. When he jumped off the shore, just pushed out a little bit, he was often teaching a crowd back here. He set out, not far, but there was a vision. Sometimes the boat went out and he came after it into the middle, which ended up with a guy walking on water. Or another time they were in the middle where he directed the wind and the waves to He was challenging and encouraging those 12 men, speaking into their lives. There was a vision of what he was doing as he set sail. Sometimes he went over to the other side. On an occasion, he went there and there were some men who had completely possessed by evil. And he healed those guys. And that had a flow-on effect of affecting that whole region as they drew in to get to know Jesus. And there was a reason, there was a vision to go to the other side. Another time he went over and he healed a paralyzed man. There was a vision of healing because he loved people. So what's your vision for 2019? Refresh, we have a vision. And um, it's exciting. We have, as a team, thought long and hard about different things. And there's so many things that we can do, as you will find with your own vision. There's lots of things. But at a point, you have to decide, okay, what's my capacity? And so at Refresh, we have four things that we're going to work towards. And I've mentioned them earlier last month. Um, and each, each term, we, we want to talk into some of these things. And, and we would really like you to pray for these things. And we would like you to jump on board. We're inviting you. Our vision at Refresh is to love. And we believe the best way to love is through acts of kindness. We want to love more just by being kind. As my boys get out of the car each day, I'm not a very profound person, I suppose, but I say, be kind and work hard. You do those things, you'll be covered. It'll be a great year. You know, kindness is so powerful, isn't it? And so it's a stretch to me and to us as community to go, how can we love on North Pine community more than we ever have before? that the people in this school community that walk in these doors 
see Jesus not by a word we say, but just through a kind deed. Maybe a generous kindness deed. Maybe even an extravagant kind deed. So I, I, as a church community, we are being challenged. Our leadership team are challenging us as leaders and want to bring you on board to go, how can we? What can? And if I have no idea on how many people are in this room here, but let's just say 100 and something or something. A hundred and something kind deeds that might be connected into North Pine community or if you're not in North Pine community, in your community, one thing a week, what impact will that make? What could that do? How much power is there in that? When there's no expectation of anything, even an unexpected gift of generosity and we're going to talk more into that next term at refresh we have penned in one saturday that we would really like to work with north pine school find out different things where the community in our school are in need whether they put it forward or that's a dob in a friend kind of space and that we as refresh get out and if it means painting a fence or cleaning a house or visiting somebody Whatever it is, we lavish love onto the community. That's our goal. I think it's late May, one day in May. As Refresh, we want you to pray about this. We want you to think, what can I do? What one thing? It might be stop and smile every day at a student who is a grumpy pants. I don't know. It might be be nice to a teacher you don't get along with or leave a kind note on their desk. You don't know what power your kind actions do. It's a challenge to us. The second vision that Refresh has this year is to connect through small groups. And we had Simo and um, Melissa stand up here this morning and share a little bit about groups. At the moment, you guys are all sitting in rows and it's awesome and you're listening to me and you're probably thinking, when is she going to finish? And I hope and pray, and we'll talk about this in a minute, that this space is important. But if you want to connect here at Refresh, if you really want to connect in, you need to be part of a group. Because that's where you're really going to find community. You know, church is a fantastic place. And to be technical, if that's the right term, research has said if a church community gets to 200, it will not keep growing unless you're in a group. Because you can't do, you, you can't do community with such a large group of people. Stuff for Blokes is a men's group. It's a smaller group than all of us. You can find connection there. Meet some guys. Chat about things. Over time, do life a bit deeper. Speak into each other's lives while you're four-wheel driving or go-kart racing or what else are we doing, Simo? Camping. Melissa's got an online group. So if you're a type of person who's a mum who's frantic and all over the space, maybe that's your space. 
you can do it at 11 o'clock at night when everyone's finally gone to bed and you've finally been able to have your shower and you can just check in for the day on the group and get together from time to time when it suits. You might be a young adult. There's a group here on a Tuesday night for you. If you're senior high or up a little bit from that, you do life in groups. You'll build that community. The bands are a group in a way. These guys know each other because they do this together. The breakfast teams, you guys, some of you are new into groups, you get to know each other and get a bit more community. It's groups. See, life has to be done in smaller circles. And we believe that here at Refresh, and it's a huge challenge to us. And we apologise because some of you will have come here probably um, for a few weeks or months or even years. And if you're still here after years and you don't feel connected, then you are so faithful to God and, and honour you for that. And it's our fault that you don't feel connected because, and I apologise, because we want to draw you into a group. So if we don't do it, please do it for yourself. Come and say, I need to be in a group. Where can I be? Because that's where you'll find community. That'll grow deeper in your relationships with each other. It'll also help you grow deeper in your relationship with God. 100%. Guaranteed. And the exciting part of group is that where you can see your faith reach out. Because you can invite your friend into that space, come over for a barbecue into and meet your group. Because if a group becomes a group that just is a group, you become a clique. We're not about that. We want to be a group that's looking outwards and inviting you in. So stuff for blokes, if you've got a mate who you think, hey, we're going to do this thing, we're going to go and have chips, we're going to go for a, a drive, invite him. Say, come along, we're doing this stuff with some mates, come along. You could be the cornerstone or the trajectory of change in that person's life, who knows where it would lead. In a couple of weeks' time, Gus, where's Angus? He was here. There's Angus. If you don't know Angus, he's the giant in the house. <laughs> he's, he's, uh, Angus uh, is at the back. And Angus, um, by God's grace, is, is leading our ministry in groups this year. We have not had a small group leader in Refresh um, officially. Some people have tried to step in the shoes but have unofficially. Gus, let's give him a round of applause, shall we? Gus, thank you. And he's not leading this because we twisted his arm or broke his leg. Gus is leading this because he believes in the power of groups. He's seen it in his own life. He's seen it in the young adults. Any of you go on Tuesday nights, Gus tries to get there when he can. He's, he believes in it and he's so passionate. So if I'm nagging you or you think I am, wait till Gus can run. <laughs> I'm just joking. <laughs> no. Um, so we... We want to offer a, a, an opportunity for you. If you think, you know what, it's time. It's time for me to step out. We're going to have a leading uh, connect group afternoon just in a few weeks' time. And if that scares you, because you know what, I find everyone, if you stick L on your forehead, 
not for loser. But leader, everyone goes, not me, no, please. But it's not hard. It's not too hard. And Gus will inspire you that afternoon and he'll give you resources and support and a bookmark. All you need is a Bible and a bookmark and a place to go. And you're good. Um, So we had some younger kids, year five, sixes and sevens in groups. They met once a month over the last few years. And um, the kids would come to me at lunchtime. Pastor Sharon, when's our next group? When's our next group? They see, they love the sense of community in groups. And they love the food too. So we want to talk to you about groups. And this is something we want to talk about for the next few weeks. um, Because at the end of this term, we've got a series. And we'd really love to see as many of you in whichever capacity you could be in a group. So look out. Don't be scared. Be excited. The third thing that Refresh wants to do, and the time's going to go real quick, is we want to inspire you here on a Saturday morning. This place is about celebrating life and inspiring and encouraging you to come together in community and worship. There's something nice about being in a big group too, isn't there? And that's what this is about. Saturday mornings and we want to continue to grow and develop our Saturday morning space so if you have any ideas please come and share it with us Um, we we just want this space to be a place of worship of celebration and and a special place um, where you go out of here encouraged and inspired to do what God wants for you in the week ahead and the fourth thing that we're looking for towards is this We want to empower through equipping our young people. I did mention this earlier on in the year. But um, it's really important to us that we are are working towards young people. And recently, when we were at a school um, connect day, it's a one-day thing before school starts, where all teachers um, in the Adventist system get together and are inspired through worship. And the speaker there, he did this little activity So, you can sit down maybe, I don't know. But he said, do this. Go on, Cam, you're my hero. But you don't have to. He said, we should always have someone mentoring us up and we should have someone behind us that we're mentoring. Someone we're speaking life into, someone who's speaking into us and someone who we're speaking into. And we really want to endorse that here. We want to look at ways that we can continue to endorse that where you feel mentored and you're mentoring somebody else. And our next generation is so important. It's put, we want to put value on that. And as, as we get older, um, let's share what God has called us in our lives and speak into other people's lives. up there's three things as you go out of here today I want you to do go home and write some goals pray for refresh and be a part of our vision you see at the end of the day it's nice to be safe in the harbour isn't it but sometimes if we don't sail away from that safe harbour 
you'll never rule on his life again. Let's pray. Father God, Lord, thank you so much that you're a God who had a vision. You had a vision for us. And God, you have a vision for each of us this year. I just pray, God, that you plant it in our hearts, um, what you want for us this year in our lives, in, in the different facets of our lives. And God, I pray for refresh. And I thank you for this amazing opportunity we have in this hub of this school community and this community here in North Brisbane. God, speak into us this year that we can reach out and love God, that we can connect, be inspired, and we can empower. And that God, through the power of you and your spirit, Lord, um, that as I've said before, God, that you will touch hearts and change lives for your glory, God. I thank you for the people here today, and I pray, God, you bless them. Bless their families, God. Walk with them, and may they know it. In Jesus' name, amen.